Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 6th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, yesterday, I guess, well, we're recording on Thursday. So Wednesday night, you and I had a chance to have a nice half an hour conversation with somebody who I am going to put it down now. I don't think I'm going out on a limb, but I'll pretend as if I am. Someone who I think will be not only a Tony nominee, but I actually think will win quite a few awards this spring and very well could win the Tony for Best Actor in a Musical, and that's Ethan Slater, the title character in SpongeBob SquarePants. I think that this is an interesting year with men in leading roles in musicals, and there's not a whole lot there. So I, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I think Ethan has a chance to win a Tony Award this year, at least get a nomination. And you and I had a chance to have a really cool conversation with him the other day. And you were going to p- package that up and that will put uh, and that'll drop in this podcast feed on Saturday tomorrow. So I'm really excited for people to hear that. He's such a such a, a warm and open guy. I, I think he's got a great future and I'm really glad we got a chance to talk to him. Yep. That's all you've been saying all all day is, yep. <laughs> no, we love a uh, great conversation with Ethan. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and uh, insofar as Tony nomination, possibly. Uh, I, I think it was great in SpongeBob. And uh, we had a great conversation with him. So I hope that uh, he does get recognized. Although I think it's going to be tough to beat Tony Shalhoub. Man, I love Tony Shalhoub, but Tony Shalhoub doesn't sing, man. Like he's a he's a featured whatever. We will we have plenty of time to discuss yeah. this. I don't think Tony Shalhoub should even be in the lead actor category, let alone the front runner. Um, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. But right. that does not that does not detract from Ethan's greatness in SpongeBob. But I do Absolutely. feel like he's a, he's guaranteed for a nomination just because there aren't other than Shalhoub and and uh, Harry Payton. Chapin Carpenter or whatever his name is, the guy who's playing Henry Higgins. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of other lead males in musicals this year. I mean, I think, man, off the top of my head, I don't know that I can can add many more. Well, um, you're going to have Paul Alexander Nolan um, for Margaritaville. Other than that, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of somebody from Rocktopia, Home for the Holidays. Nothing? <laughs> no? That's harsh. <laughs> I, I haven't seen him. You saw him both. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm coughing. No. Okay. Maybe they'll give uh, Best Actor in Leading Musical uh, to Bruce Springsteen. Uh, crazier things that happened. All right. Uh, what else you got for me? Um, well, I think on Sunday you have a guest coming up on This Week on Broadway. Drew Drogi is going to return to Broadway Radio as they go into the final uh, week. Actually, this is the final weekend here for um, Bright Patterns, Bold Colors, Bold Colors, Bright Patterns. But it's being filmed for Broadway HD, so you guys are going to talk about that on Sunday. Yes. Uh, looking forward to speaking with Drew. We've had him on before on the Broadway Radio Network. Uh, Caitlin did a little conversation with him, but I uh, want to see what his return to uh, bright colors and bold patterns is like. I'm, you got the order right. I did. Yeah. I had to double check myself. Thank you. What else you got for me? Yeah, one last thing, James. At the end of this episode, uh, earlier on Thursday, I had a nice conversation with our very good friend, one of my favorite people uh, in the world, Patrick Hines. If you don't know who he is, 
where have you been? Um, he's one of the most <laughs> prolific podcasters outside of us. Uh, you know, we might do more episodes, but he does a lot of great stuff. And he's actually been nominated for a Webby Award, which is a pretty prestigious thing um, for one of his shows that he does for Today Ticks called Broadway Backstory. So we had a little conversation about that. Some of the other stuff that he's doing podcast wise, especially with uh, our other friend, Jillian Pensavalli from the Hamill cast. Um, so that'll be at the end of this episode. And uh, make sure you go out and vote for Broadway Backstory and the Webbies. We'll have a link in the show notes. Cool. And Jillian with a G is back. <laughs> Jillian with a G. Yes, yes, yes. All right. First up in the news, additional stars announced for a second. Second. I'll try that again. <clears throat> additional stars announced for a second stages. Straight white men. Yeah, I put a lot of S's in the middle there. I apologize about that. Yes, but yesterday, Second Stage announced additional casting for the upcoming Broadway debut of Young Jean Lee's dark comedy Straight White Men. Joining the previously announced Army Hammer and Tom Skerritt will be Josh Charles, Kate Bornstein, and Ty Defoe. The show, directed by Tony winner Anna D. Shapiro, will begin performances at the Helen Hayes Theater on June 29th and will officially open on July 23rd. There will apparently be additional casting announced soon, though. In the play, it's Christmas Eve, and Ed, played by Skerritt, has gathered his three adult sons to celebrate with matching pajamas, trash-talking, and Chinese takeout. But when a question they can't answer interrupts their holiday cheer, they are forced to confront their own identities. I have I have to assume that the question has something to do with the title of the play. Now, James, I I was really surprised by this press release, not because of those people joining the company, but the press release mentions that this is Josh Charles's Broadway debut. I that I was shocked. I had to double check that. He's done a number of off-Broadway shows, but for some reason in my head, I just assumed that he had done other things on Broadway in his career. But I double checked and and unless Playbill Vault and IBDB are wrong, this is in fact his Broadway debut. I was shocked. Uh what does the Broadway World database say? Uh, it it conf- <laughs> it confers, but considering I managed that, I would have, you know, yeah. I, I didn't I ruled it out just thinking because I didn't want to put it, you know, I could have screwed it up again. But he's done, you know, three or four off Broadway shows, but never been on Broadway before. So that's really exciting. I mean, he was off Broadway in Antipodes just last season, just last year, a year ago. Um, so this will be great. Josh Charles must have been really embarrassed on the set of The Good Wife with all the Broadway stars around him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Juliana Margulies has done it. That's probably why they killed him in the good way. Did I spoiler? Did I kill anything? Yet? I mean, the show's canceled. I think you can. I, I'm not a big okay. spoiler fan after a, a certain period of time. But yeah, I mean, he's just somebody who I just always assumed had done. You know, kind of like too. You know, yeah, you know, he's he's a he's a uh, an Aaron Sorkin guy. So I just assumed he played a some private or lieutenant in and uh, and uh, a few good men in the on Broadway or something. But guess okay. not. Not that I'm insecure at all or anything like that, but I'll probably probably be looking for uh, someone to take to straight white men because I am not taking my wife to see Josh Charles and Tom ah. Skerritt. And Army Hammer. And Army Hammer. Oh, my God. They're, totally. I need somebody to go with me because I'm not taking my wife. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I can't take that abuse on the way home. She's like, why can't you be them? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Too late. All right. Update on the rights to the film adaptation of In the Heights. Yeah, James, you'll remember when the initial revelations about Harvey Weinstein's sexual misconduct were made public. In the Heights book writer Kiara Alagara-Hudis, with the support of the show's composer Lin-Manuel Miranda, BT Dubs, good luck with your shingles, Lin. Um, Kiara asked <laughs> – he's got shingles. Um, I know. He, 
Chiara asked that the film rights for the musical be returned to them by the Weinstein Company. Well, yesterday, Deadline exclusively reported that the film rights actually reverted back to the creators, thus avoiding the Weinstein Company's bankruptcy because the production on the film had not begun by the end of 2017. While reports are that creditors could try to challenge this, the website sources say that plans are underway to pitch the film to other studios, including Warner Brothers and Disney. Now, clearly... Lynn's had quite a run with Disney lately between Moana, Mary Poppins Returns, and a couple of other projects that are in the works. Um, So that's obviously a potential landing place. But the film's planned director, John M. Chu, just finished directing Crazy Rich Asians for Warner Brothers. So that's another option as well. Now, James, I've talked about this before. I'm hopeful that this is the beginning um, of, of the process to get this film going in quickly. In the Heights is one of my top five favorite shows um, of all time, at least musicals. So I really hope that it finds uh, a studio to land at that will handle it properly. So if it ends up at Disney, does Selena Gomez get the role? Um, I'll have to be honest with you. I know, I think I could pick Selena Gomez out of a lineup. Beyond that, I I can't tell you much about her. Is she the one that dated Justin Bieber or is dating Justin Bieber? Yeah, yeah I, I don't know much about that. Although Vanessa Hudgens, another Disney person, apparently did very well in the Kennedy Center production from some of the reports I heard. So she she could be a, a, a decent Vanessa as well. Hmm. That, that's a good, good recon there. I didn't think about Vanessa, but I guess that does make sense. Well, Our- her, as someone who we're going to talk about in this next story, her uh, high school musical co-star Corbin Blue. I saw him as Usnavi on Broadway. He was great as well. I don't know that he would be good for the role in the film, but hey, Disney's turned out some pretty decent stars. If uh, you know, as long as they don't go crazy and you know, you know, well, move to Dubai or something. Tom Cruise will totally be Usnavi. All right, showing Cassie. Uh, he was to say he's about the same height as uh, Robin oh. so maybe he could play uh, Sonny. You know? Did you see? You didn't see American Psycho, did you? Uh, the straight the the, the stage show. The no, stage show. No, they no. had a very very funny Tom Cruise height joke in the uh, American Psycho. <laughs> This is very, very funny. All right. Uh, showing casting news, Corbin Blue. We just talking about him to lead the Muni's Singing in the Rain. Yes. On Thursday, St. Louis Muni Theater announced that Corbin Blue will play Don Lockwood in this summer's upcoming production. The show, which will run from June 27th through July 3rd, will be part of the Muni's 100th anniversary season and will also feature Jeffrey Schechter as Cosmo Brown and Berkeley Going will play Kathy Selden. Now, apparently, Berkeley Going is a St. Louis native who apparently was a former Muni kid and Muni teen. I'm not exactly 100 percent sure what that means, but the Muni's shows often have kid chorus has worked into productions and i'm sure they've got camps and stuff so either way she clearly has a history with that theater so that's awesome i know they have they employ a lot of st louis actors the show will be directed by mark bruni and choreographed by uh, rami sandhu also corbin blue like i said needs to be on broadway all the time in my opinion he is so good uh he was he's been great in everything i've seen him in. he was really good in the holiday and um he needs to do more broadway please um but in other news and other show and casting news perfectly timed with this past sunday's live concert broadcast producers announced yesterday that jesus christ superstar will embark on a national tour beginning in the fall of 2019 the show will be a transfer however you want to say it of the uk's regent's park open air production 
which had a couple of runs in 2016 and then in 2017, which led to an Olivier for Best Musical Revival last year. Tom Sheeter will direct and Drew McGoney will choreograph the full creative team. Casting and cities will be announced at a later date. Uh, James, I think this is very well-timed, especially with the, um, the success that the live broadcast had on Sunday. But I'm hoping, knock on wood, that this does better than that whiz on Broadway. Well, yeah, or the previous revival of Jesus Christ, or the tour of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, that arena tour didn't go so hot, and neither did the Broadway revival of Wiz that was supposed to accompany the the live version. But Oh, that's true, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, not had a ton of great uh, success translating those things to live productions yet. Maybe this is the tour that has risen from the dead. Oh, Lord. Uh, What's up in the recommendation section? Okay, I purposely did not put uh, a description for this because I wanted you to be surprised. Now, James, you will see in the script there is a link. I would like you to go open that link. Can you do that for me? I can. As you're doing that, I will go ahead and explain a little bit. What this is, is I literally dropped this in minutes before James and I started recording. I had something else here about Andrew Lloyd Webber writing a musical about somebody who's alive, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Only because I found this this video, someone in our Broadway World Slack feed dropped this in. Apparently, some family, the LeBaron family, they sit around on Sunday nights and they sing Les Mis. Full parts, full harmonies. James, are you watching this by now? Or are you, I uh, am. Um, wow, what voices. Yeah, like this, I don't know who these people are. Uh, I, I need to do some research. Like I said, I just got this uh, a few a few minutes ago. Uh, this is legit. Like, they are, they are good. They are real. I don't know who these people are. They need to be on, like, Ellen or something because this is fantastic. I had chills listening to the whole thing. And it's funny because they're just standing around, like, a living room behind the sofas. People are holding babies. Um, it looks like they're doing some sort of karaoke thing. But they are really, really good. <laughs> people are the LeBaron family um uh, kudos to you guys because that's unreal that's more talent than one family not named Keenan Bolger deserves to have <laughs> that's really amazing I I'm I'm dying to find out more about this so please follow up on this I saw the link said Jordan LeBaron and I thought it said LeBron and I thought it was a Michael Jordan LeBron James yeah, thing, no, you know? <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean like, like, I'm going through these. They linked all of the. I don't want to get too much into the personal stuff, because, but yeah, because uh, these. I don't know if these people are want this to be public, but they linked all of the people who are in it and what roles they played, and they're just normal people. They're not actors. One's like a technical analyst. One's a speech pathologist. These aren't performers, but. I, I, I feel like I've seen productions of Les Mis that had worse talent. So mm. um, one's a teacher. Like uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm, I did not see it. So I am not going anywhere near that one. Um, I, I but OK, well, but <laughs> but it's great. So check that out. It was so much fun. It was just kind of a surprise. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but it was a really cool way to kind of head into the weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, I love me some Les Mis. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they, they it's a public video and they, they're very yeah. public about it. So, you know, I guess they don't mind it so much. But, well, uh, I mean, cool. I would be proud of it if I was one of those people. All right. So uh, why don't we get into that little discussion that you had with Patrick now? All right. So we are talking now with Patrick Hines, Webby Award nominated host can you believe like what is that like how did this happen like you are up in the best branded podcaster segment category and you're up against podcasts from like dell and mozilla and sci-fi and atlantic like so is this one of the things where you just got an email and said hey you're nominated or did was it like the emmys when you had to submit a reel and some panel of experts decided you should be nominated yeah, so the way that the webinars work is that you submit. So you have to like submit your pot, your podcast, whatever you know. They do podcasts and web series, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, so you submit. So today, Tix, who I make the podcast for, actually submitted um, for us, and you know, we submitted last year and we didn't get nominated. So I wasn't really expecting any. I kind of forgot that it was happening. And then um, today, Tix actually got the email that we got nominated, and they called me, and I was like, I had just dropped my daughter off at school, and I had a like I had a big work day ahead of me, and I was at the coffee shop across the street from my my kid's school, and I burst into tears. Like, <laughs> of course you did. Of course which you did. Which is very me. I know, and I just like I I lost it. I. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've never been nominated for an award before. So this was like it was just, you know, so much hard work goes into this podcast. And so it was just so nice to, like, have some sort of recognition about it. Yeah. And what's cool about the Webbies are that it's not just podcasts or web series. There's all these different types of things and segments. And as I'm scoring through all the nominations in the other categories, like I start seeing things like, oh, Dear Evan Hansen was nominated. Lin-Manuel Miranda was nominated. But then you start thinking like, oh, yeah. wait, Samantha B and TBS was nominated. HBO was nominated. Like, totally. These aren't just little things for people who tinker around on the Internet. This is a big honking deal. Yeah, and it's like nobody nominated that doesn't submit. So like these people take the Webbies so seriously that they actually submit to oh, these good point. awards. So it's a really big deal. And like if we win, then we get to go to the ceremony and, you know, and be and like be in the room with all these people. So what do people need to do? Um, we'll obviously put the link to the, the voting in the show notes. But other than that, what can people do? So there's two ways that this works. So the the regular Webby Award that we got nominated for is that's the adjudicated by a panel of like podcasting experts like you oh, know cool. Alex Bloomberg and all them. But there's a voters' choice section, and I would lose my mind if we won it. So you literally just go to WebbyAwards.com and then search for our category, which is best branded po- uh, best branded podcaster segment, and then you just vote. Like you literally WebbyAwards.com best branded podcaster segment, and then just vote for Broadway Backstory and if we win like that's a really 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 big deal we're in the lead right now in that in that voters choice category so I'm losing my mind I didn't know if I should mention that or not because I I don't know how superstitious you are I'm not superstitious (laughs) at all but you are in the lead Mozilla's IRL podcast um, is in second place it looks like so uh, I mean they're a a big big company I check this every five minutes I'm like I'm on top of this (laughs) 
Of course you are. Well, um, of course, everybody needs to go and and vote for this, whatever the audience choice award part of this is, because as everybody who listens to this, I'm sure knows Broadway Backstory is a gift to the theater community. And I know, Patrick, how much you work on that and how time intensive it, it is. And I've been fortunate enough, you've let me kind of listen in on some of the interviews while they've happened over the years. So I know how seriously you take this and how much work you put into it. So I hope, knock on wood, that this all uh, works out and you end up getting to... To uh, be recognized like you deserve. Thank you so much. And yeah, my, you don't listen in. You produce these like phone call segments that we. I could not do them without you. That's that's a very generous way to say I hit record. I don't really produce them, but anyway, <laughs> um, nonetheless, uh, you're always very generous with thanking me for doing not much at all. But anyway, so you have this going on with Broadway backstory. I know you're in the early stages of ramping up for season three of that, but. Yep. You've got like 97 other podcasts going on. And, you know, over the past year or so, you ventured outside of the world of theater, but you're still keeping some of the connections to theater. You have your newest podcast just launched, I think, this week, right? Yeah. Which is also sponsored by Today Ticks, like Broadway Backstory, is like you mentioned. And this is a podcast taking a deep dive into the one season wonder that was my so-called life. So tell us, you're doing this with Jillian Pensavale from the Hamilcast and your true crime obsessed co-host. So tell us how this whole, my so-called life thing came to be, because that's right in the wheelhouse of my, our teenage childhood years. Yeah. Well, to be clear, this is actually a podcast by Today Ticks that Jillian and I are just making. So I think, I think Today Ticks saw that there was, um, I think that podcasts are kind of in their wheelhouse. They're a tech company. They're an incredibly like generous and like just wonderfully supportive of artists company. And so when, you know, with the support after Broadway backstory had done so well, they wanted to keep making more podcasts. And so we sort of tossed around my ideas. Jillian, to be honest, uh, my so-called life is Jillian's favorite show and she watches it every year. And I had seen it and I'd really liked it. I hadn't really thought about it in a long time. And, um, Jillian had sort of said to me at one point, like, what if we did a podcast that's sort of like True Crime Obsessed, the true crime podcast that we make, but for my so-called life? And what that really is, is just like for True Crime Obsessed, we watch a true crime documentary, take notes on it, and then we sort of like talk about the documentary in a really fun and sort of interesting way. And then we use clips from the documentary to sort of like illustrate the ridiculous points we're making about whatever. And so – we sort of took that formula and applied it to my so-called life. And it, you know, it just, it's one of those things where like, and we're seeing, we're seeing this too with the people that are listening that like all of us watched that show the first time when we were kids, like when we were in high school and we all identify with the kids, but now we're all adults. And now we really like identify with the adults and we're seeing it so differently. And it's just really fun. It's a really fun and um, sort of nostalgic look at the nineties at this, you know, at this show that really is like, the perfect like '90s in a bottle, you know, um, and it's just really fun. It's <laughs> '90s really fun in a bottle, yeah. It, it is. I mean, it's just it's so crazy '90s, and it's just it's really fun. So yeah, we launched it this week. Um, episodes one and two just came out. We're going to be now going every Monday for the next like 20 Mondays, um, and we're going episode by episode. It's really fun. 
there are some theater connections there. Obviously, Claire Danes has done her share of, of theater. The first time I ever saw Rent, Wilson Cruz was playing Angel. Yes. So, you know, there's definitely some theater connections in there. And you mentioned uh, True Crime Obsessed. So I do. I know you have this new exciting thing that you guys are getting ready to do. You're going to dive in to the podcast Serial, which was really one of the things that restarted this second wave of podcast popularity. Um, so you're going to be doing one episode of Serial would then translate to one episode of True Crime Obsessed, right? Yeah, so we have a Patreon in addition to like our regular – so we have a regular podcast feed that's you know for free. Anybody can get it on iTunes or whatever. And then we have this whole separate sort of um, content platform via Patreon. And so you know on Patreon, we, we are – for like $5 a month, you have access to all of these mini episodes that we're making. And then we, we're making full bonus episodes of documentaries that aren't true crime. And then we decided that we wanted to start tackling podcasts. And we thought you know our regular true crime obsessed podcast is just about documentaries so maybe we'll do um podcasts for our patreon subscribers and so we sort of just mentioned like we it was just sort of an idea and then all the, our listeners went berserk when we announced it yesterday so we're really excited we're gonna do and we're gonna do episode by episode just like we're doing for my so-called podcast and we're gonna just go through serial and talking just to, you know about all like the crazy and ridiculous aspects of that podcast all right, so basically, you're going to finally force me to listen to Serial the first time, since I didn't listen to it when it first came out. All right. I can't believe I haven't listened to it. I, you know, I got to say, I'm listening to it now for probably like the fourth or fifth time, but I haven't listened to it in a really long time. And it's, I mean, it, I mean, I can say that we know now that a lot of the things that are brought to light in Serial, like the, the, the details change. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things to come to light since Serial happened, but... Just as a podcast, Serial is so incredibly well-made. It's such yeah. compelling storytelling. It's just like it really deserves and has earned its place as like the, the you know, the grandma or grandpa of like the <laughs> true crime podcasting world. Yeah. All right. So, Patrick, people need to go and subscribe to Theater People, Broadway Backstory, True Crime Obsessed, my so-called podcast Am I missing nine of your other podcasts? Anything else? Anything else they need to do? Follow you on social media? Yep. I was going to say, go subscribe to the Hamilton Measure is Jillian's podcast. But yeah, you can follow me at Patrick Hines on Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram. Um, And come hang out. We're making some really fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I forgot, I I should have mentioned, My So-Called Life, The Other Theater Connection. Of course, it was created by Winnie Holtzman, who wrote Wicked with Stephen Schwartz. So how could I forget that? So lots of good theater stuff there. As you go through this series, you'll see like like, Julie Halston has an under five in one of the episodes. Like you see theater people all, all sprinkled throughout. It's really fun. Very cool. All right. Well, Patrick, thank you so much. Good luck. Everybody go vote in the Webbies and uh, we'll let everybody know when you win and you give a great acceptance speech <laughs> through your tears, I'm sure. All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. Uh, we have a full weekend full of other Broadway Radio stuff as uh, Ethan Slater and then we Drew Drogi on Sunday. So uh, Matt and I will be back on Monday as well to catch you up. 